Hey, welcome to the Carol Remarks Podcast. My name is Carol, and this is where I host my remarks on glamour, pop culture, and front page news. Let's get right to it. Hello and good morning. Good morning, all. Happy Saturday. So, did you know that the road to hell is paved with good intentions? <laughs> you. <laughs> um, good intentions. Okay. Well, that's what this New York Post starts uh, article starts out with when they're talking about Catholic charities mm. being complicit with the trafficking of the human mm. beings across the border. So I'll just read a couple of paragraphs, then we can talk about it. Yeah. The road to hell is paved with good intentions as the involvement of American religious organizations with human traffickers across our southern border demonstrates. Witness Witness Annunciation House, a Catholic NGO, non-government organization, uh, being sued by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton over its failure to comply with document demands related to its alleged stateside role in the migrant crisis caused by President Biden's disastrous policies. There was a paragraph I wanted to get to, though, to read to you, but, uh, mm, mm, mm. so anyway, I guess we could just talk about that for a second, and uh, I did not know, you told me the other day that they were affiliated with Catholic Charities. Well, yeah, all the NGOs are, are, you know, private entities that they're throwing the government's throwing the money at to complete their plan you know doing it you know as a way to of course supersede or not supersede but to you know be able to not show exactly where the money's going once it goes to the NGOs the NGOs really don't have a an accounting way of or, you know, the government, when it puts its accounting numbers up, shows them going to money going to charities and NGOs, but it doesn't say what it's being used for. So that's, you know, part of the whole conspiracy theory, or I guess we want what you want to talk about is, is you know, here we go. Uh, who, who, who is really behind all these people coming in? And it's our government going out and recruiting them to come in, paying for them to come in, and then paying for them when they get here. That's well, I doing. know government contracts uh, need to be very detailed. So, I mean, what is this something different that's happening than like a regular government contractor? Well, sure. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. You know, the, these are embedded things that yeah, there, there are lots of things. We've talked about budgets before for the government where they just, you know, have a program where, you know, they set a bill up and the bill says, okay, uh, XYZ is going to get $250 million this year. So, and we're going to put, and we're going to raise that 10% till the time we deem it not necessary, this program not necessary anymore. So for the last 20 years, this thing's been getting $250 million a year plus 10% each year, and nobody's gone back and wiped it out. So (coughs) these NGOs could be getting money through that, we'll say. And, you know, nothing ever being changed or anything like that. It just keeps, that money keeps compiling, keeps going to them. And, you know, that maybe now they're, you know, being directed by whoever in the government to, okay, here's the money that you're getting in now. Now use it for this purpose or use it for that purpose. Yeah, I think with this article, the paragraph I was trying to find was they were saying this particular organization was getting their money from FEMA. 
Yeah, that's probably written into it too. And in, in one of the, uh, you know, COVID bills or something. Yeah, you know, exactly. It, it may have been written into a COVID bill where, where, you know, 785,000 pages and here it is on Saturday and you got to vote on it, vote it on, vote on it on Monday morning. So I know this morning we were talking about these people that are coming over are paying ten to twelve thousand dollars, if not more, to get across the border their journey. And I'm like, if they're already poor and leaving from somewhere, how are they getting this money? And of course, we all know the answer to that: the cartels are lend are lending them the money, and then they have to pay them back, be indentured slaves and servants to them when they get over here. But so then I have to ask: Well, are the cartels going out and recruiting all of these people? Most probably not. It's mostly our government's probably saying, you know, for a better life, go over there. We want you. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's it's crazy. probably it's probably so deep we don't. We, oh yeah, we can't even touch the surface of us talking. Absolutely talking about it. Yeah, and I think too, everybody's um, praising. Uh, Governor Abbott and the other Southern governors for busing for Ron DeSantis and all them for putting the illegals onto buses and planes and and dispersing them all to the in, inner inner side the inners the inter the inners of the United States and I'm like that was the plan all along. I mean they were just being used as tools by the by the Biden's government. Of course that's what they wanted you to do. Well, you know, it's a twofold thing. It's beneficial to them to get them out of there because they don't want them in their states. Exactly. And the government probably going, <laughs> exactly. Suckers. Exactly. But, but it's also a good thing, too, for them to go to these sanctuary cities. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to hopefully show the people of the United States how bad this is going to get and also show the people of those cities. But it's not how bad it's going to get. It's not exactly. But to me, it's a double edged sword. It's not good for them to go there because that's what the government wanted, well, wanted sure, to destroy these cities. And it's going to create population centers so that, you know, like let's, let's take it. Let's take Georgia, for example. The only reason it's become a blue state is because of the population of Atlanta. The rest of the state is not blue. It is a Republican state through and through. But Athens, because, but well, mm-hmm. yeah, but because of those two centers, that whole state is now, you know, being demonized—not demonized, but is being considered a, you know, a, a, a blue state, and it's not. The majority of those uh, of the I can't say majority anymore because again, so many people are concentrated into that one area. Just like Los Angeles and San Francisco and Detroit and New York, and you know, there's so many people concentrated into these areas that think that oh, this is the way of life, and anybody outside that way of life in the rural part is, you know, a bad person. Yeah. Speaking of which, absolutely. So we're going to get ready to play you a clip from a couple of guys that wrote a book, and it's called White Rural Rage. White. Rural rage, the threat to American democracy. And Tom, we'll start with you. Uh, why are white rural voters a threat to democracy at this point? You would think, as we pointed out, looking at Joe Biden's background and Donald Trump's, that, that 
as it would be true. I mean, we lay out the fourfold interconnected threat that white rural voters pose to the country. First of all, and we show 30 polls and national studies to demonstrate this. We provide the receipts in Chapter 6. They're the most racist, xenophobic, anti-immigrant, anti-gay geodemographic group in the country. Second, they're the most conspiracist group. QAnon support and subscribers, election denialism, COVID denialism, and scientific skepticism, Obama birtherism. Third, anti-democratic sentiments. They don't believe in an independent press, free speech. They're most likely to say the president should be able to act unilaterally without any checks from Congress or the courts or the bureaucracy. They're also the most strongly white nationalist and white Christian nationalist. And fourth, they are most likely to excuse or justify violence as an acceptable alternative to peaceful public dissent. There you go. Well. (laughs) So, what do you think? Well, I think there are a lot of things you can dissect there. Uh, You know, if if you went and took each one of those individually, you would have to, that'd take you days and days and days and days and days. But, you know, he, he says, you know, that white Christian nationalists are bad things. Okay, first of all, there's no such thing as white Christian nationalists. And that was my question. What the hell's a white Christian nationalist? It's a term they made up. It's, it's you know, that, that means you're American and you're a Christian? Yes. And you like your country? Yes, but well, they're... That's, tr- a, that's a bad thing. With, Ooh. But yes, they're trying to put that out there like it's like MAGA mm-hmm. Republican. <clears throat> they're trying to... Oh, I'm so sorry. And you feel like, okay, I don't I, I don't buy the I don't buy this uh, vaccine crap and I don't want to take it, therefore I'm a science denier. Well, it turns out that you were right if you believe that way. Yep. So you know that's a bad thing to question questioning. So questioning is bad. Yes. Being a sheep is bad. you, you, you got to be a sheep and follow what we say, right or you're a bad right. And this you know the racist, have these people ever spent ten minutes in the rural in in rural areas? You, you know, the more and more it comes out, the more and more we find people of the South are much less racist than people of the North. Yeah, and that doesn't come from you know this white guy sitting here in a in a in a fairly metropolitan area. Uh, this comes from listening to black people that experience New York and black people who experience. Chicago and black people who experience other big cities that are in the north. And they say, you know, racism is just rampant there compared to coming to the south and seeing how you're treated. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I always talk about is the experience I had growing up, which was very unique in that, you know, it was a resort area that was in the south and was, uh, you know, the, the 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 like the airport that we had was were cotton fields where slaves worked. The, the house that was on the end of the thing was a slave cabin before your time. Before my time, of course. <laughs> but you know, as a, 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 a you know a young kid growing up, you know we knew people whose parents were slaves. So, yeah, I mean, it was, we knew it was there. We knew what it was and we knew how people were treated. And we also, that, that was history. 
And we yes. also knew we didn't want that to happen to other people. I was people. taught about that in school when I was growing up in Southern Ohio. I was taught about it. And we were taught that that's not, and that's not, and I saw it from an, ex- an experience point of view of the way some of the uh, people that, you know, we grew up with reacted. And it was like, no, people shouldn't be treated that way. And we didn't treat people that way. But, you know, being from, being from the, you know, being from the South, oh, you like slaves. Right. No. Uh uh-uh. uh, but if you take that history away from people, then you're not going to know about it. They're not going to know about it. They're not going to know. We're what not going to learn from history. And to say that you know any of that crap that they talk about is you know a threat to it's a threat to their liberal way of thinking is all it is. It's well, not, I want to go ahead. All right, go ahead. I'm done. I just want to know where they bring these receipts. I can't stand that freaking phrase either bring the receipts i want to know where they're getting their stats and all this crap that they say they have well, their polls and all this from, you know and i was going to say that same thing too i was going to say hey make a phone call call somebody in yeah. new york yeah hey what do you think about this well that's it that's a poll that's one poll yeah uh, you know and they probably take their polls you know, you know ask ask 60 people in chicago you know are people in the South races? Yes, 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 yes. That's proved beyond doubt. Right. And it's not true. It's not true. Come, come live in the rural South and see, you know, how people live. Uh, you know, like I said, I grew, I grew up in a place where that was rampant. But, but the people who came in to visit and sometimes live there part of the year were the elites, the people who had more money than, you know, the expression, more money than God. So we got to see it from the from the Portuguese people, and I'm not stereotyping, but most of the Portuguese people that lived in our area were uh, uh, shrimpers and fishermen and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, you saw that part of it. You saw the black part of it, the Portuguese, the white. And you saw all the people that came in that had, you know, flew in on their private jets and had boatloads of money. So I got to experience all of that. And it was a, it was harmony. People worked and had fun. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't racism going on. Um, but people worked and had great, you know, experiences. Uh, and then, you know, we'd have, and then I'd meet people that would, you know, that were from the north were talking about how bad we were in the south. I'm thinking, what, you know, what are you talking about? What do you think the people in your, what do you think the, the Portuguese shrimpers and the, and the other, and black people in your community would tell you about well, the place? Well, here, they'll tell you the same thing. They'll say the same, it was the same way. They'll say that they're, <laughs> Because because now you have to look at it in this regard, okay? Those people that were friends of mine that were my age that were in those that that parents and all that were in those professions. There are a lot of them who are doctors. There are a lot of them who are educators. There are a lot of them who are businessmen that have grown because there was not that going on and are now in businesses doing well for themselves. You can't just say, Hey, okay, you know, you're, 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 you're Portuguese. You came over, you're a fisherman. 
we need we need a, we need a neurosurgeon. You're now a neurosurgeon mm-hmm. because that's not the way it is. You ha- it has to build and grow. Growth. It has to grow from that. It can't just be you know you can't just snap your fingers and say diversity, equity. You know everything's got. to I be I was equal. just going to say equity. You know because it can't that's be what that way. exactly exactly. Uh, and you know, <laughs> I still think about my my freshman year of high school when, uh, you know, I met three. And I was influenced by three black guys who were just, I thought, you know, opened my eyes. I said, wow, these guys are great. All three of them were good athletes. One of them was a international athlete. I won't go into who it was, but he was, uh, he was a sprinter. And he, he ended was, up being in the, yeah. He was a sprinter and mm-hmm. he was the best in the world for a period of time. Another guy who I thought was, man, because, you know, here I am, first year, freshman playing football and getting run over by this guy and like man, this guy can play football then I, you know the first day of gym class i go into gym and you know we have to take showers and all that stuff and he's sitting behind the little booth handing out towels of course the beautiful thing about that was my gym coach looked at me and said he happened to be the head football coach and he said you don't have to do you you go back over you know you don't have to do pe because you're playing football so after that, you know, I'd, I'd go play ping pong and all that stuff while everybody else slept out there. But he's, you know, giving out towels and I said, you know, hey, hey, like that. And I said, what are you, what are you saying? He goes, he goes, uh, this calculus too. Okay. Black dude, senior in high school. He's giving out towels, but he's studying his calculus two book. Oh, he had his book out. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Calculus two. Like, <laughs> oh shit! So he's smarter than hell too, and he turns out he's an administrator of a large college. Wow! Okay, and then the other gentleman uh, went on and went into the service and retired from the service. Uh, you know, I don't think he he didn't want to be an officer. He became a what is it the highest ranking sergeant that you can mm-hmm. anyway. You know, these three guys you know came from fairly poor backgrounds and went into, you know, they excelled. They weren't stubbed down and put down and, you know, told that you can't do what you need to do. Right. Well, well, why do you think they excelled? Well, number one, they were given the opportunity. And they worked hard? And they worked hard. And they didn't let anybody tell them they couldn't do it, maybe? Exactly right. Yeah. You know, but this, you know, book coming out says, you know, Y'all are worthless and weak, and we need to vote you down. Yeah. And it's just. Yeah. Carrying on. You know, we were talking about that this morning, uh, how the it it's quite obvious, and we see it all the time, how the, the news networks just lead you into what you want to believe mm-hmm. uh, or lead you into what they want you to believe. Mm-hmm. And the prime example of this week, Biden and Trump both went to the border. MSNBC didn't show any of it. CNN showed Biden going to the border. Fox News showed both of them going to the border. Whether any of them are right or wrong, that's just what they showed. And then I, we were talking about this morning. An older gentleman who used to work for me, uh, who's passed away now, God rest his soul, and my neighbor. 
are staunchly against Trump and because he's just awful and terrible and blah, 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 and on and on and on. But they can't tell you why. They can't say why. But both of them, when we go to work in the morning, you know, if I didn't have Fox News on, he had NBC News on. Yep. NBC. Whenever I go to her house to do something to, you know, fix her computer or fix her whatever, 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 she's got NBC on. Yeah. And they're being hammered by NBC about yep. how bad Trump is and how bad this is. And I, and I kind of laugh because don't you hear that also the, especially the gentleman who worked for me, you know, you're a rural American and you are a bad person. Well, yeah. You're bad, bad. Yeah. But they didn't, they, you know, they didn't want to hear that. They just wanted to hear how bad Trump was. Yeah. But anyway, the whole point is it, you know, how these news agencies just lead us, lead them, lead them, you know. And this is what this book's true. And, you know, saying, you know, if, if, if you're not a sheep, then you're a bad person. Yeah. All right. We've gone on for 20 minutes. We need a question of the day. All right. The gent has the question of the day. Okay. Growing up, there were two cartoons or cartoon strips or uh, cartoon artists that I really loved. And uh, see which one you like. So the question of the day is Garfield or The Far Side, which is your favorite cartoon mm, strip? And there you go. Thanks for listening, y'all. Sorry it went, to, sorry it went long and dark today. <laughs> go dogs. We're not a democracy!